You are now tuned into Accelerate to Great Podcast with Nehemiah Davis, a podcast for aspiring and established entrepreneurs looking for their next level of greatness. Welcome back to another episode of Accelerate the Great. I'm your host, Nehemiah Davis, and season two is upon you, right? So again, I took a little break off from the podcast, and I wanted to bring it back with a big bang with getting some of the most incredible guests that I personally know, as well as people I don't know, so we can give you the most up-to-date information to help literally level up your life. Today, I got a super duper special guest. Um, years ago, I had the opportunity to uh, interview Doug for our power hour when we had Circle of Greatness, right? But now I get to bring him back and he's someone I look up to as a mentor in real estate and just all around incredible dude. And as you all know, I only bring people on our platform who is literally changing the game, super educated and literally helping people level it up. So without further ado, I wanna uh, bring Doug back on to celebrate the great. What's up, brother? Hey, thanks good brother. Thanks hey. for having me. I'm excited to be here. Hey man, how you been? <laughs> I know you've been, for these last few years, you've been on it, bro. Bro, how's everything with you? Everything's great, man. Just yeah. working hard, grinding, just putting yeah. in that work. Yeah. What, I, what I admire most about you is just like you just keep your head down and you keep going for Like you never seem to take your foot off the gas. Where did you get that 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 hunger for just you don't man. stop. You never yeah. get complacent at a goal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess it's just, you know, just growing up, just watching my parents. You know, they had businesses. They're, you know, multi-level and they always just kept going, kept going. Even my dad would wake me up in the morning. 5:30 in the morning to you know clean the carpets of our you know 5,000 square foot home. So it's just like just little things like that. Just you know the grind doesn't stop, and I know where I want to go. So I know that it's going to take work, it's going to take dedication, and it's going to take a lot of uh, focus and determination. So that's kind of what I've just been been instilled in me at an early age, and just continuing to to push and push and push. And and I always hear you talk about, I want you to kind of talk about how you got into real estate. One of the things I always hear you talk about is like when you were younger, you used to go to like open houses. Right, right, right. I see you put something on your page about going to open houses. Yep. Talk about that. Yep, no, for sure, for sure. So, you know, just to kind of take it back, um, while I was growing up, you know, elementary school and so forth, my brother was actually incarcerated, um, you know, for probably about seven to eight years of my life. So every Sunday, you know, we would go up to see him in Greaterford Prison. My dad was there. Oh yeah, yep, yeah. yep, yep. Greaterford, you know, a lot of people's dads and yeah. brothers, and, yeah. you know, are, are there. Um, so to, to make that experience, you know, less traumatizing, because I mean, we literally had to go through guard after guard, to pat down, to open this door, close that door. It was really traumatizing as a, as a third grader, fourth grader. So it, what my parents did to kind of break up that, that whole day, that experience, was we would go, you know, we typically visit on Sundays. So we would go on Sundays, they had open houses. So we would literally go look at, you know, mansions and all the, you know, different communities. They would have different activities. And a lot of times they had free food as well. Right. But it's just something about, you know, that repetition. That's what I look forward to. You know, it was great seeing my brother, but in actuality, I look forward to seeing the houses and just seeing the different things. And I knew at an early age that I wanted to be an owner, a homeowner. Wow. Yep. So you believe from that experience that seed was actually planted in your mind? Yep, yep, yeah. exactly. That seed was planted. And you know, as a kid, you really don't see it until later on. Yeah, like, absolutely. oh wow, I can't believe that that absolutely. actually stuck with me. So for you, how did you actually get started? I know you've been in real estate, I want to say at least six, seven, or eight years now. Yep. Talk to me about like, what was the thing that pushed you to get the first property? Yeah. So. Um, you know, right out of college, uh, you know, actually during college, I was working on my credit, getting credit cards and so forth, and just kind of being able to, you know, get my credit score up. Cause yeah. my credit score, 
I believe when I got my first car, it was right around like 575. Yeah. And that was like extremely low. Right, so I went from right. that to, you know, where I'm at today. Mm. But uh, what really got me started buying the first house was just studying. So I was studying actually millionaires and I realized that they all had the commonality of owning real estate. Right. right. So, um, so when it came out, when I came out of college, I rented for a year, you know, split um, with my, with a person I was dating, we, you know, we split the rent right down the middle and I was paying, you know, Total rent was $1,200 a month, but then we downsized into an obstructed view for $1,000 a month. And I was just watching, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars going out every single month to someone else, to the landlord. And I said, you know what, I, I definitely have to own a house ASAP. So I ended up buying a new construction property out in Newark, Delaware, in which it was a first time home buyer. I only had to put out, um, I think it was 3.5% at the time, so 16000 to acquire a quarter million dollar house, brand new construction, wow. everything. Yeah, right in Delaware. So literally, to this day, um, you can still do FHA, 3.5%. Oh yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a great, would you say that's a great way for people to get started? That's a phenomenal way to get started because a lot of times when I talk to people, the reason why they don't start is because they don't have enough capital. Right. So the FHA program, uh, right through the government, you can use a little bit of capital yep. and acquire you know, a big asset. And a lot of times you can even find funding if you negotiate the deal correctly and you can get something called seller assistance. Mm. So if you negotiate a property, let's say they're selling it for 100,000, you say, hey, I'll give you 105,000, but I need a $5,000 seller assist. Right. So they're still getting their 100,000 that they wanted, right. but that 5,000 is gonna go toward helping you with your purchase and taxes and insurance and so forth. Mm -hmm. So that way you can even step into the property with even less money out of pocket. So I know you said it's yeah. a new single family, new construction. How did you, I know you said you made money on this, but how did you start, how, how do somebody start <laughs> making money with a yeah. with a single family? Because right. I would assume you only could put a family in there. Right. How did you start making money with it? So, so it was a great question, the great question that you asked that. So it was a four bedroom, three and a half bath home. And at the time I was, I was living with my girlfriend at the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know we're staying in the master bedroom. Had all these rooms. I say I woke up one morning. I say you know what, I want to go ahead and rent the rooms out in this property because yeah. I don't want to pay the mortgage. Right. You know, makes sense. You know, straightforward. Yeah. You know, I'm not trying to pay this. So she, she said, uh, Oh no no no, I don't want to. I don't want strangers living in the house. You know, it's understandable. But she basically tied my hands behind my back and said she didn't want a lady our age. You know, understandable. She didn't want a guy our age either, and she didn't want a creepy old man. So I was like, Oh man, like who uh, who else can I find? Yeah. So I went on Craigslist that night and a retired grandmother actually reached out to me looking for a place to stay. Wow. And I was able to rent out the bottom unit or the bottom bedroom. It had like a suite, you know, the walk-in the walk -in closet as well as a, a bathroom and then, um, you know, you could go out to the back, like exit. Um, so she was able to rent the property out for $700 a month. And I mean, I was like flabbergasted. Yeah, I was like, yeah. $700? Oh man, my, you know, I started doing the Birdman hand rub and right. everything. So I was like, man, so all she's doing is living in the basement. You know, she had a little microwave down there, yeah. a little, I got a little, you know, small refrigerator. So she barely even came upstairs. We hardly ever seen her. Um, she would just drop the, you know, drop the money off and it was cash. So, right, you know, right. imagine working in that cash is hitting yeah, your account. Yeah, yeah. So then, you know, a couple of days go by, I say, you know what? That was too easy. We still have a couple more rooms. Mm -hmm. We have two more rooms. She said, oh no, you're getting out of hand. There's no way you're going to have strangers right. living on the same floor that we're living at. And um, no, nah, there's just no way. So I was like, oh man, like, what do you mean no way? Like, I need to rent this thing out. Yeah. I'm not trying to pay anything. Right, right. And that 700 felt good. Yeah. So then, long story short, I said, you know what? Um, I got to rent these rooms out. She said, oh no, 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 we can't do that. So I was thinking about it all day, all day. And then uh, the next day I said, hey, do you want to be rich or do you want to be poor? Mm. 
And that was that was the determining, that was like the pivotal moment right there. Right. She said she was okay being poor. Mm. I said, okay being poor. I was like, how is someone okay being poor? You know, you know, at this stage in my life, I work too hard to stay the same, and I would definitely work too hard to be poor. Yeah. So I say, you know, it's not gonna work out. You know, I was pondering all day. So that so the next day I say, you know what, it's not gonna work out. Um, I have to rent those rooms out and and it's not gonna work. Like right. I basically gave her a, a two, a, yeah, right. automatum. Yeah. So she was out of there within two weeks. Wow. Two weeks. I had, you know, I had to put my foot down. It's yeah. not, it's not gonna, no point, no point taking this relationship any further. Right. No, we're too old to be playing games. Yeah. So there's no point taking this relationship any further. So as she's walking down the steps, right, I got these two guys from Las Vegas because they they just relocated from Delaware, uh, excuse me, from Vegas to Delaware Park. You know, they were uh, working the poker room. Yeah. So they're moving up. She's, you know, in tears and so forth. And I, I'm sure I sound like a cold person, but it, you know, my goals are way bigger than than, yeah. the, than temporary feelings, the short term. Mm. So now they're living in each of my bedrooms for $650, $650. So, you know, now I got all this money coming in, $1,300 coming in from those guys, another 700, grandmother's still living with me, it's another wow. 700 coming from her. So, you know, just about got two grand coming in. So I'm like, you know what? As I, you know, I got, now I got the king, the, you know, the master suite to myself. So I got the outdoor balcony, the walk-in closet, the soaking tub, the shower, um, even the king bed. Right. So I'm living like a king. I'm only like 23, 24 years right. old. So I woke up another morning. I say, you know, what? I don't need all this. Like I'm not, I'm not trying to impress anyone. I'm right. cool right where I'm at. I know the, you know, long term, I want to be, you know, a different situation. So what I did was I ended up moving my king bed to my um, two car garage. I moved uh, all my clothes down there and I basically cleared out the room and I ended up renting that out for $750 a month. So now the whole house is rented out. The whole house is rented out. Wow. And it's, um, think of a, a three-story townhome yeah. built on a slab. Yeah. So you got your two-car garage, and then right behind the garage is a, is a bedroom with, the, with the, uh, their own bathroom. Then you go up the steps, is an open living room, and there's a kitchen with a balcony off of, the, off of the kitchen. And then you go upstairs is where the three bedrooms are. There's a hall bathroom. There's a washer and dryer up, up on the third floor. Then there's this master suite. There's also a washer and dryer on the first floor. Um, so yeah, so I'm living right there in the garage. garage. So what yeah. about what about the summer, the winter? Like how would you just <laughs> in a garage? Like listen, listen. You know, in Philadelphia we get cold winters, yeah, it's snowing yeah. and everything, yeah. and the garage wasn't even insulated. So what I did was I got a sub-zero sleeping bag. So the sub-zero sleeping bag, you know, the one of the sleeping bags where the hood actually goes over your head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can tighten it up where they like just you, see your like eyes. You're in a campground. Like on a campground. Yeah. Yep, yep. And I loved it. I, yeah. I, I truly loved it. Like I was in my cocoon like every single night. So I go work at Bank of America as a senior financial analyst. Everyone laughing, joking. Yeah. You know, oh, he got a, you know, he's got these guys, random guys from Craigslist living in his property. Right. He got this grandmother living in his property. This right. guy's nuts. Like he's right. making good money. Why is he doing all right. this? And I just, I laugh with them, you know, right. like, hey, it's okay, I'm the buddy of your jokes, it's all right. good. I walk down, they're snickering and so right. forth, you know, it's all good. Yeah. So yeah, in the, in the winters, I got my Sub-Zero sleeping bag. How long did you do that? For two years. Wow. Yeah, so two for two years. years, I'm grinding in the garage. Stacking money. Stacking, right. stacking everything, living off about, saving about 95% of my take-home pay from Bank of America. So your suggestion, trying to get in the game, whatever yeah. game it is, right. you need to be able to, it sounds like short-term sacrifice, long-term gain, Absolutely. save as much as you can. Yep, that, yep, yep. Gotcha. Save as much as you can, and you're not trying to get rich off of savings. The whole point of savings is so then you can invest in the next opportunity. Right. So for me, the next opportunity is houses. Right. So buying a property, so that way I can get 
a higher return on my on my funds. How did you acquire your next property? I know the first so, property you said FHA. How yeah. did you get the second? So, so the next property was considered considered my second residence. Gotcha. So it was out in Coatesville, where a lot of my family members yeah. were located. In about forty five minute drive from from Delaware, where I was living. So I was able to only have to put down ten percent down, and uh, the house all I needed was just some paint. Like everything else was livable, ready to go. So I put the ten percent down on this property. And then about a month or two months later, you know, my situation changed where I didn't want this to be my second residence. Yeah. I prefer to rent it out. Yeah. So instead of me, you know, living there and, and the house in Delaware, I ended up renting it out section eight. And um, you know, I only had to come out of pocket, I think $7,500 for that one. Wow. But with coming out of that, I was able to make a significant return on my money. I think about 65% return on that $7,500 wow. just from the rents. Uh, you know, subtracted from, you know, the mortgage payment, the taxes, the insurance, uh, and so forth, I was able to net about 50, about 65% wow. of a return on my funds. That's so, crazy. So that's when, that's when the light bulbs start going off, yeah. like, wow, so if I put a little money over here, I can get these high returns just for buying a property and renting it out. Wow. So for you, my favorite quote is, once your mind is expanded to a new concept or idea, it's hard to go back to its original way of thinking. So right. I basically, it's basically saying, you start making that money getting the rentals, you like, this the way. That's it. And you just That's haven't it. stopped since then. I haven't stopped. I'm just continuing to acquire properties at the property, renting them out, same thing over and over again. Wash, rinse, and repeat. That's it. So for you, I know even me hearing your story previously, you talked about you went through some things where you used cash and deals and it didn't work out. Yep. Where you yep. could have just quit. Yeah. How did you yeah. get through those times where you thought, dang, like I messed up this right. time? Like, yeah. Talk a little yeah. bit about that. Yeah, so it's a situation where I had $100,000 tied up in this one two-family property in mm -hmm. Philadelphia. And a lot of people would be upset. Yeah. You know, they'd be ready to jump off a bridge. They'd be ready to hurt someone. They'd be ready to risk it all. Yeah. Um, but uh, it was one of those situations where you really just have to step into yourself and, and realize that it's not a loss, it's a lesson. Right. So in life, there's going to be situations that, you know, you're going to go up and down. It's a, it's a roller coaster. It's yeah. a trajectory. Longer you're going up, there's peaks yeah. and valleys, and it's part of the game. So I was able to learn a lot from that experience and I was able to bounce back significantly because I never gave up and I always continued to, to push forward. So even with having $100,000 tied up, I still figured out new ways to continue to acquire properties. That's my main you get resourceful. Exactly, it makes you get resourceful in, in times like that. And for me, I knew that if I didn't have any money, I've been sleeping in a garage for two years, so there's nothing you can do to me. Right. To, and I've been eating rice and beans and broccoli, so there's right. nothing you can you do to me. You was already at the lowest that you Yeah, I was up. always at the lowest. And keep in mind, I didn't have to be there. I was right. still you making good to. money. I chose yeah. to be there. So that way, it's like, you know, I train in the dark. Like, there's yeah. nothing new to me. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I like that. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I train in the dark. Yep. So for, for somebody right now, because I'm literally, I want to help people get free, right? Yeah. I want, I see the type of, uh, content you put out, I know the type of content I put out, yeah. and it's all geared towards like literally helping people get to the next level. Yep. So, based on what you're saying, I'm going to just reiterate it. Save your money if you can do FHA first time home buyers program, get yep. you a property house hack, what they yep. call it, yep. get you a duplex or a triplex, yep. then go do it again. Yep. And what about leverage? Because I know you talk about like I can go save all my money and keep buying properties, yeah. but at some point in time, I might run out of cash. Exactly, so exactly. Some people, you know, they, they step into the real estate game and they try to do it all cash. Yeah. So, you know, a piece of real estate, like, so let's say, for instance, my first property, quarter million dollars, $250,000. It would have taken me probably at least maybe 20 years to save up $250,000 the slow way. You know, just putting a little bit of my check over here, a little bit of a check mm -hmm. over here, until it came time to buy that property. 
So if you learn how to use leverage, where you can put down 3.5%, 10%, 20% down on the total value of a property, now your dollars are working a lot harder for, uh, for you. Yeah. So you're able to acquire more assets, collect more cash flows, while that one person could be still saving up 20, 30 years to, get, to buy that one property. Wow. So it's just like once you learn the leverage game, then, it become, then the whole playing field is, is opened up. So it's, it's all about adjusting your mindset. Right. People are like, oh, I don't want to go into debt. I don't want. But if you have debt on a house of $300 a month, but you're renting the property out for $1,300 a month. Mm -hmm. So you take your $1,300 minus the $300, then you might have taxes, insurance, mm -hmm. which might be another $300. Now you're in the green, you're getting positive cash flow. Right. So as long as you're smart about getting positive cash flow and that someone else is paying down that debt, that's another thing people have to get comfortable with. It's not you paying down the debt necessarily, right. it's someone else, your tenant paying down that debt and you're getting um, the debt paid down, so you're, you're increasing your equity yeah. in the property all from that tenant. Right. So for you, I know you've been doing it, you you a full-time entrepreneur, real estate investor, but it took you years to get there. If someone yeah. right now like, yo, man, I'm kind of getting tired of my job. Yep. When is the right, and I know we can't tell somebody when is the right time for yeah. them, but what made it be the right time for you to actually like, yo, enough is enough. I want to bet on myself yeah. and go all in on it. Yeah. I mean, there's a couple of things. So one, one thing is, when you start to have the rentals coming in there, it is exceeding your paycheck. Mm -hmm. And when you're on in, at your job and you don't quite enjoy it, uh, to the point where you're almost getting annoyed when you're getting emails, people asking questions mm -hmm. and so forth. And you know that you could stay there because it's comfortable, especially yeah. for me, you know, making you know, six figures at my yeah. job. It was comfortable. I could have stayed there, right. wrote it out, yeah. you know, company car, credit card, all that, you know, for the company. And those things but, sound good. Company yeah. car, credit, credit card. Credit card, easy pass. Easy. So I could, I could travel. I traveled to Canada. Company phone, too? Company phone and oh, laptop right. and iPad. Yeah. So, you know, I had it made. Yeah, yeah, I had yeah. it made, right? And uh, I could take trips to Canada and yeah. so forth. But um, for me, it came down to what was my time worth? Yeah. And freedom was more important than the money. Mm. So yeah, I could have stayed there at the job, but I would rather have my freedom and have my mind space to only focus on the things I wanted to focus on. Wow. So if I'm getting calls about my job, even though it was an easy job, if I'm getting calls from distributors saying, hey, um, you know, where's this? You didn't get respond back to my email, still taking up headspace. You only have, um, a, you know, say your energy, just like an iPhone, you got 100% start today. But as those little things that, as your energy gets taken away, now you can no longer focus on the, the real things that you want to focus on because it's getting your energy is getting zapped from right. things Other that things, real, that right. you don't care about. Right. Yeah. So so basically, like you gotta identify when is the right time for you. Yeah. And that just takes it back to you gotta be good with your finances. Like yeah. a lot of people, like y'all want to go quit, but you're you're in bad debt. You're in right. consumer debt, clothes, right. sneakers, mm -hmm. like crap that don't matter. Right? Exactly. Exactly. And like for me. You know, I'm at the point where I could go out at any moment and buy the Bentley. Yep. You know what I mean? A lot of people just want to go out and buy the Bentley. As soon as they hit a couple of dollars, they want to go buy the Bentley and yeah. get the made bag. No, yeah. nothing wrong with that at all. You know, everyone likes to look at nice things and so forth. But for me, I like to keep my expenses very low. Okay. So even the house I currently live in, I pay $850 a month. Right. So yeah, I could you know, go take on a $3,000, $4,000 mortgage. Right. But as you start to take on these bigger things, as you start making more money, now you're almost a servant to that job right so so when people you gotta do it now you, now you gotta do it and the job has you right where they want you right so like okay as you keep getting those increases increase increases but if your expenses are increasing right with your salary you're never going to be able to get out the rat race right you're going to be stuck and you're going to be reliant 
on that on that job. So now they have you pigeon-toed where you're gonna be one of those people at 50, 60 years old, like, oh man, I remember when Doug was buying up those houses, I wish I coulda, shoulda, if I didn't have anything freed up because I was spending all that extra money that the job was giving me. Wow. And not investing. Discipline weighs ounces, regret weighs tons, yeah, a wise yeah. man told me. What about opportunity costs? So for me, a lot of people, I be trying to tell people like, yo, and we was talking to them, I'm like, if you wait to get into real estate next year, the year after, the year after, it's not gonna become cheaper. No, it only no. gets more and more expensive. Exactly, exactly. Why is it the best time to get in now? For me, the best time to get, get in is now because you, you need to learn the game yeah. first. Yeah. So you can't learn the game on the sidelines. Right. You really have to get involved with the program. So even if, even if the market goes down, at some point it's gonna come back up. But if you buy the property right and your cash flowing at good numbers, you know, my, my rents are sweet. They're right in between a thousand to sixteen hundred dollars a month. So they're in a sweet spot. So even in a, a down economy, um, the rents are gonna be covered because there's people paying the three thousand dollars a month, twenty five hundred dollars a month, they're gonna say, Oh, your places are nice, you got the courts. Yeah. The, you know, the marble, all that. So I'm, I'm gonna rent from you. Yeah. And then you even got, you know, different government programs and so forth. So the key is to get in the game so you can learn the game. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people say, oh, I'm gonna get into real estate, but I'm gonna wait for the market to crash. Right. But the market might not crash to, you know, three, four years. Right. You know, I don't have a crystal ball. Right. But you gotta be positioned to say, okay, if the market does pull back, are you ready to continue to buy more properties? And with my strategies that I use, I can use it in a down market, a sideways market, an up market. Gotcha. There's still the same principles and the same way that I would analyze deals today as in any other market out there. What's some good components, someone ready to get their first rental, their second rental? What's some good components now that you've been doing it for a while? What makes a tenant really, like you put your stuff on the market, they're going in a day or yeah, two. Yeah. What, talk to me about what's some good components of making a nice rental where somebody want to stay forever. You got you, got you. So I like to make my properties as indestructible as possible. Yeah. So in, a, in like a Philadelphia, you have these row homes. So I like to expose all the the common walls as possible. So yeah. the walls that are shared with the neighboring house. Yeah. So I like to expose the brick. Yeah. So now you know that's less sheetrock. So that's less people punching holes through the wall because yeah. you know not many people are punching holes through brick. No. So now I got the brick. Uh, we can go ahead and paint the brick. Um, so I got the brick, I do quartz countertops. I switched over from granite to quartz because simply quartz is less maintenance. Because mm. granite is porous, you gotta re-coat, re re-shine, right. right. reseal it. Right. So it's just too much work. Tenants aren't doing that. Yeah. So I stepped away from that. And then for my flooring, I just do uh, luxury vinyl floors. So luxury vinyl floors are not gonna warp, they're not gonna swell, crack, mm. and they're waterproof. So tenants can take a mop to it. They can leave water sitting on the floor for a whole year okay. and not get to it and it still won't buckle. So it's just building these properties for longevity. Yeah. Um, so I'm also going with, I paint everything just white. I keep it, you know, just white on white, bare paint. So everything's white. Um, I go with the shaker cabinets, yeah. which can easily be replaced if, not, if you necessary. You even do washer and dryer too. I yep, so I'll, I'll throw the washer and dryer Why in the units. The reason I do that is because for a thousand bucks, now, the, now the, um, the tenant doesn't have to leave the house. They can stay right home. And every time a tenant goes to, to the laundromat, they're like, oh man, I wish I lived in a place with a washer and dryer. Man, this place doesn't have a washer and dryer. So you don't want the tenant to think, man, I, could just, I wanna go to this house just because it has a washer and dryer. You want them to stay there and be a generational tenant. You wanna be able to go from, oh, my mom used to live here, my grandmother used to live here. I just love this house so, stay so forever. much. Stay forever. So yep. is it more like putting a little extra love into it on the front end yep. to sustain the money Exactly, exactly. Because in, in this business, is about it's easier to keep a customer than get a new customer, mm, right? So wow. it's the same thing that applies when it comes to real estate. Yeah. 
And for you, speaking of business, I know you have a business. Talk to me about how you actually, I, I heard yeah. the story, how you acquired the business. Right, I right. think you did it through like some business credit. Yeah, Let's yeah. talk about business credit oh, cool. and how you got into that. Yep, yep. So, uh, so I acquired a company, or excuse me, I, I created a company called Organic Heat Pest Control. And the way I actually got the funding for the company was, you know, quite funny. So right during that time where I had $100,000 tied up, I said, you know what, I want to buy a property using a credit card. Mm. So what I did was... Walk us through that process. All right, too. sure, yeah. sure, sure. So, you know, you know I have a, if you ever meet me, I got a stack of credit cards. I'll show you guys one time. But um, in the mail, they would send these blank checks. And these blank checks would basically be like, hey, you know, whatever your credit card company name is, you know, the payee, the payer, you know, sign right here, you date, just like a regular check. Mm. So in this one credit card, I had, you know, a limit of $20,000. I said, all right, let me just write this out to myself, sign it, date it, and put it in the bank. So within two days, I had $20,000 sitting in my account that basically extracted that, that balance from, from this uh, credit card and dumped the money into my account. So I got to pay the, the $20,000 back to the bank, clearly. But they have something called a teaser, mm. a teaser rate. So with the teaser rate, um, is 0% interest for 18 months. Wow. So imagine having a, a great chunk of money, no interest for 18 months. Essentially free money. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So now, all right, so I got the 20,000 and now I got another card, I think it was a cha another Chase card, where same thing, I had to check, so I wrote another like 25,000. So now I'm at $45,000 uh, for this property, or excuse me, $45,000 in my account just by writing a check to myself from these credit cards. So I was in Coatesville, you know, online, I think it was on redfin.com. I found a property for $29,000. And I did my research and I saw that the values were coming right around 65 to 70,000. So I purchased this property for 29,000 uh, using the funds from the credit card. I also fixed it up from those same funds that I just told you about. Wow. So I fixed it up and I'm all in uh, for you know, a little bit of money. So what I did was I took that house, once it was fixed up and rented, I took it to the bank and said, hey, I want to put a loan on this property. So they said, okay, cool. They went out, they appraised the property and said, hey, Doug, we can give you, um, I forget the exact amount, I think it was $60,000, um, loan for $60,000. So basically by me taking that, signing that paper and taking a loan on the property, they, the bank wrote me a check for $60,000. Wow. So now I took the, the money from, that the bank just gave me I paid off the credit cards. Right. So the credit cards are empty. Done. They're, they're done. I'm, I'm yeah. cool with you guys for yeah. now. But now that I had a surplus of cash, so I took about $15,000 from that surplus, and I was able to buy the equipment, you know, pay for the website, get the logo for my new company, Organic Heat Pest Control, which just focused on treating bed bugs. Wow. Yep. So you went from free. 0% interest buying a house, yep. then taking it to the bank, getting a loan on it, paying back the cards. The tenants are now paying off the loan that you got, plus the cash flow going in your pocket, right. and you started a business. Exactly. And guess what the return was on my money? How, how much? Infinite. Infinite. It wasn't even my money. Wow. Wow. That's <laughs> crazy. And you started a business. Right. And it's funny, though, because you didn't really touch on the how did you start the business, though, because you told me it was a problem. You had a bed bug problem right. at one of your locations. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Because I, I want people, a lot of times, Doug, and this, people don't, they look at problems. Oh man, I got bed bugs. Meaning not your house, yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah, my yeah. property got bed bugs. And they're just upset. You like, damn, we got bed bugs. And the guy came, I'll let yeah, you tell it. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. He came so, and you'd be like, is it this easy to do this? Right, right, right. So so I got the, I got the quotes from Terminex. Right. Um, Orkin came out. 
and they they were three thousand dollars. Yeah, three thousand dollars. Like how? Like this right. house is only like fourteen hundred square feet. Yeah. Like how do you guys get up to three thousand? So then, you know, I got online. I'm a researcher, and I don't like to spend a lot of money. I'm very frugal. So I found a company um, out in Maryland, and they said they, you know, they do bed bug treatments. And he explained like, yeah, we do a heat treatment, and it sounded good. I said, hey, as long as you get rid of them, you know, come on out. So he charged me eighteen hundred bucks. Came out. He had a heater, um, fans, you know, uh, ducts set up, blowing the heat around. So like right around, I didn't even see him set up or anything like that, but. Um, Right around it came time to, to do the payment. He said, hey, you know, come the last hour, I'll show you some things, you know, come in, I want you to feel the heat. So I walk into the house, and I mean, it's hot, it's 160 degrees, like a sauna, like I, you know, had to take off like clothes just to walk through the property, it was extremely hot. So he showed me the fan, showed me how you hit the switch to turn on the heater, and I'm just like calculating, I was like, so how long does this take? He's like, you know, about six hours. So wow, you just made 1,800 bucks in six hours? Right. And, uh, you know, it was like propane. I was like, well, how much is the propane? He's like, oh, about $50 of propane. I'm like, oh, wow. How about setup? You know, you're your helper. He's like, you know, 100 bucks for my helper. Mm-hmm. So I was just, I was like, man, so you're basically walking away with like $1,500 right. in six hours yeah, yeah, yeah. just to kill some bed bugs. Yeah, yeah. So he's like, man, I see, I see your, I see your uh, thoughts. You know, I, think you're, see, ah, I see your gears like shifting and right. so forth and turning. So I said, man, I can do this. Right. So I was like, how about the heaters? Like, where do you get the heaters? And he basically gave me the whole play. Where now I was able to buy the equipment, you know, get my, um, you know, a van off Craigslist and so, so forth. So you saw a problem, and right. you basically ended up creating your own solution for it. Correct. Yep. Wow. Yep. And I just I don't want that to go over anybody's head here because a lot of problems that we're looking at, all entrepreneurship is is problem solving. Right. Doug is solving a problem. People need a place to stay. He provides the place. People need bed bugs removed. He provides the service. So. Right now, as you're just thinking about whatever you're doing in life, like some of those things, understand that you can do it as well. You can start a bed bug company. You can start a junk removal company. These problems are meant to find solutions, and the person who's finding the solution for the problems is the person who's getting paid. Yep. So I just want you to really keep that in mind because it's crazy how you did that. I want to talk about business credit. I know I had business credit. You had business credit. Like, why should people leverage it, and what is business credit? Yeah, for sure, for sure. So, you know, typically when you're looking at credit, it's either going to be personal or it's going to be business. Yeah. So on the personal side, um, if you have, say, $100,000 line of credit but on the personal side and you go max it out, you're going to look extremely risky to, you know, the credit bureaus. Yeah. So your credit is going to take a humongous hit. Whereas if you have business credit and you have a $100,000 line and you max that out, your, your personal credit is not going to take a hit at all because of, on the business side, they expect you to use that line because they know that you're using it for the purposes of growing revenue, growing your bottom line, getting your net income increased. So the importance is when you have business credit, you're able to you know, use that business credit to position yourself to buy more assets that are gonna produce more income mm-hmm. for your business and grow your business. So it's, it's essential or imperative to go ahead and you know, acquire business credit because then you're able to leverage it, especially in, in deals and um, to build your empire. Do you need good credit to get business credit? Uh, so typically, um, if you're just getting started, typically they want to see your personal credit. They want to gotcha. make sure that your personal credit is good because you're basically a personal guarantor. Gotcha. But as you work with different business agencies, you can actually develop your own business credit score so that way you no longer need anything from your personal side so you're able to just solely use the business credit. And you know, there's different you know, places that you can go to, to help you build that business, business credit. So then you're able to go ahead and uh, you know get loans and such yeah. without 
putting your personal at risk. What I like about today, it seemed like so many people just doing their thing. Like people getting into real estate, they start. Oh, yeah. but I feel like we're waking up now. Yeah, like, I don't yeah. know. It might have took a little while, but I feel like like we're waking up now. Yep. Yep. So ironic, I'm talking about waking up. What do you tell me? Walk me through a day in your life. I know you get up extremely early. Yeah, uh, what's some yeah. things you you do in your day? How you maximize every day? Yeah, yes. Yeah. I mean, typically I'm up at 4:30, between 4 and 4:30 every single day. And uh, what I like to do is first, you know, I like to to wake up just in grat in gratitude. You right. know, like wow, I'm here. Yeah. I got another day to breathe. Like yeah. it's amazing. Like today's already good. I woke up. Wow. So then I'll go into my quiet room, where basically I call it my meditation room. My wife and I. Um, but the meditation room is very important to me because I have a journal and I journal every single day and basically in just repetition where I say, you know, money comes to me easily, frequently and abundantly. And I, and I write that, write that down about 30 times on one side of the page. Then the other side of the page, I have, you know, uh, acquire a thousand in rental units, 50 K a month. Right. I'm not there yet, but that's where I'm striving to. Yeah. So yeah. it's just something that repetition every single day just puts me into the, the the attraction of finding opportunities that are going to help me to achieve those goals that I, that I write down. Um, so yeah. what you think, and I'm sorry to cut yeah. you off, because I tell people all the time about affirmations and that, do you think they work? Like, of course we know they work, but that's yeah, what somebody yeah. say, like, why, right. why do you do that? Yeah, so, yeah. Other things that I do is, uh, so after I write my journal, um, I go to the gym. So I like to go to Lifetime Fitness. Yeah. And in the gym, I basically will spend about 15 minutes just on the court playing basketball, just by myself, just shooting hoops. And it gives me a chance just to really clear my mind and not focus on anything and just focus on, you know, just making my shots and just the, the fun and joy that I had when I was a child playing yeah. basketball. You know, I used to play every single day, you know, twice a day and so forth. So just bringing that joy back. Um, then, you know, I'd hit the weights or, or, you know, do some more cardio just to, you know, get in the flow. And then um, after, typically after the gym, I might go to Home Depot because um, I have a, my list already from the night before of you know different things that I need to set up and have things in place so that way my different projects can flow through and, and, and uh, reach our goals that we have to reach. So you know I'll go to Home Depot after the gym. And then after the gym, I'll go check on my different jobs that are going on. Typically, I have you know about five or six different projects going on within the city. So I'll check on all my jobs, make sure everyone's good, and then from from that point on. Uh, there will probably be at least a, a deal or two that I'm going to go take a look at. And if the deal makes sense, you know, put an offer in. Right. Uh, if it doesn't, then, you know, walk away. Same thing if there's a, some contracting jobs that I might want to take a look at. Um, same thing within that time period. And then what I like to do af after, um, after that, you know, after I have my lunch and so forth, uh, just really just try to go back home yeah. and just get back in the lab and just, you know, enjoy myself. Might go back into the meditation, might write in my journal for a little and bit I more. I spend a lot of time with your parents, too, like doing yeah. a regular work. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. Stuff. Yeah. So I'll go check on my parents. You know, they live only a mile from me, so I'm able to bike to their house. Yeah. So it's just enjoyable. I, you know, might catch a little matinee. You know, tech, How did it feel? Because I know you built there. You you basically got them. They had a huge house, and yeah. your mom and dad was like it's too big, so you yep. got them a another home, which is beautiful, around the corner. How did it feel? Oh man, how did it feel spending that time? Because I love spending time with my mom. Like yeah. I know more people want to spend time with their parents during yeah. a random day. Oh, how yeah. do that feel? Oh, what did it do for you? I mean, it's phenomenal just being able to have that time where you don't have to check in with anyone. You don't have to call and say, hey, I'm going to spend two hours with my parents today. You can just do it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just that freedom is unreal. And it's just, you know, my parents are getting older and I know they're not going to be here forever. You know, we're not going to be here forever, but it's just, it's just those quality moments just yeah. 
hanging out with my family, just especially the house that I was able to put together, you know, for them and just to see their joy on their face and just it's, it's unreal, man. It's unreal. And for you, um, we won't bring it to a close. I just want to ask a few more questions that I think our audience could help. I know you're big on uh, rentals. Why rentals over over flips for you? So, so for me, I'm, a, I'm about building wealth, gotcha. right, and passively. Mm-hmm. So with a flip, you'll do all this work. You might make 30, 50 grand, you know, real quick right away. But you're only as good as your last flip. Mm. So, so if you don't flip anymore that whole year, then once that money is depleted, now what do you do? Right. So if I'm putting all that same energy and effort into a property, I want to continue to get paid for a lifetime from that property. And with one of my strategies that I use, I'm able to still get you know, similar flip money tax-free mm. because you know, it's coming from a loan and so forth. So still able to get that similar flip money, I'm able to keep the asset and get the cash flow on a monthly basis, as well as you know, eventually I look up 20, 30 years, the house is paid off. Now I can either you know, put another loan on the property and pull the cash out, or sell the property if I want to, or just pass it down as a free and clear uh, asset to you know to, my, to my kids. Yeah. Wow. And for you, why? Uh, not like. Of course, I want to do the rentals. I think the rentals are incredible um, because I'm doing the rentals because your your method of just doing the work once and yeah. holding the asset it blows my mind to yeah. hold the asset forever. I be seeing you do analyzation like yo, this yeah. property will make me five hundred grand over the course of 38 years, yeah. 35 years. And I'm yeah. like, if you do that often, cause you talk about retirement. So many people yeah. like, yo, what about my retirement? I don't want to leave my job cause my yeah. 401k, right, my pension. Right. Yeah. But you always talk about, yo, every house is a retirement bucket. Exactly, exactly. So what I mean by that is, all right, so let's say if you got, say if you got these 10 houses yeah. and they're all, you know, $100,000 each, that's a million dollars. So as the tenant, you know, you take a loan out where you might only need, say, $80,000 to acquire these properties, if, you know, all a million dollars, and it might take $80,000. And the way that I do it, I would get that $80,000 right back just because of the methods that I use. But let's just say a tenant is paying down each of those properties. So this house, $100,000, $100,000, $100,000, $100,000. So now when you look up 30 years, all those houses are paid off for, and that's, you know, 30 years from the time you purchased them. So let's say the values increased to three million, yeah. but all you owed was that million dollars. Once those are paid off, you know you essentially have say three million dollars because there's going to be appreciation. Those houses aren't going to stay the same right. value that they are today. In thirty years, I can bet that they're probably going to be a little bit more than what they were, you know, right. thirty years ago. Right. Um, so every single house retirement bucket. So and some, someone else is funding that retirement bucket. Wow. So just like you know you go to a job like oh they're doing a 50-50 match. You know, I put up a dollar, they put up a dollar. But now, once you put up your initial dollars, the tenant is putting up the rest. Right. So now they're basically forever, forever and yeah. then they're contributing to your retirement bucket, while at the same time, they're contributing to paying down that, that, that house. They're also giving you cash flow along the way. Yeah. So this is money that you can immediately touch and feel and use and, and buy your freedom with. Wow, and it's funny because I was talking to one of my mentors. He he makes good money as someone who works. Yeah, and I'm like, yo, how much you want to get for your pension? Like when Zell said, no, he said probably about thirty five hundred a month, four thousand. I'm like, so you got to work until you're sixty five, right, to extract four thousand a month, right, 
I'm like, I don't know if that really made for me to do something I don't like for 30 years. Just for a $4,000 check? And I'm like, that's one building, a triplex at $1,200 a piece. Yeah. And just say the note is $1,200. Or just right, say yeah. quadplex at $1,000 a piece. Right. That's four grand a month minus the note and taxes. Just say yeah. you're still walking away with $25. You do that twice. That's it. You that's can retire. Pension. Right. That's what's holding you back. But people got the, that's the oh, carrot. It, that's the carrot. And I'll be thinking about it. I'm like, man, when he said it, to me, I'm like, because you know the 40-40 plan is this, find a good job, yep. work that good job for the next 40 years, then retire on 40%. Right. The average person can't even live on 100% because they're in debt and consumer debt. So how do you think you're going to live on 40%? It's not possible. So that's why I love your methods and everything so much because, yo, for, like, you can get two buildings and retire essentially. Yeah, yeah. If that's, if that's your goal to make $4,000, you can do that very quickly and easily in real estate without having a slave. I mean, you, you're waking up every single day, you gotta shower, you gotta put your clothes on, you gotta iron, you gotta hop in the car, you gotta travel. That's two you gotta, hours. Just and it, yeah, that's two hours, two, three hours, just right there of time wasted, yeah. not doing what you wanna do. And then you gotta, you know, you gotta, probably gotta answer to someone and, yeah. and so forth. But, you know, once you have that freedom and able to basically print money, because what I'm doing is literally printing, printing money. money. Yeah. So yeah. it's uh, your, your own ATM machine. Your own. Wow. So yeah. for you, what, 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 if you had to do this over again, would you do anything differently? Would you start sooner? Like, I want to help somebody right now. Like, yeah. I don't want somebody to live in regret. We're around 32, yeah. 33 years old, but we like, yo, I wish we would have started sooner. Any yeah. mistakes you made that you like, try to avoid this young man, young woman yeah. who's coming up. Right, right. Um, the mistakes that I would say or things to avoid is just avoid the naysayers and the people that are going to try to take you down the path of, oh, no, you can't do that. They're going to tear up your property. They're yeah. going to, you know, as you listen to those guys, it's not going to get you to where you need to go. Because if you look at their life, like, all right, well, what are you doing to better yourself or to retire early or to buy yourself freedom? Right. So, you know, don't listen to the naysayers. Um, two, definitely learn the game of leverage and don't try to do it with all your own all your own cash right. so use OPM other yep. people's money yep. um, what else we got here it's just uh, you know dealing with contractors make sure you vet them correctly yeah so you know find references look at their previous work you know make sure they have cash to, to finish your job yeah and there's different you know key elements because a contractor can you know hurt you in this business yeah and really taking the time to get educated so you need to educate yourself on what is actually a good deal or not. Right. So if you don't know what a good deal is, you're just buying something just because it's a piece of real estate, right. but it could be a terrible deal for you where you're not cash flowing, you know, you're not making you know, return on your money, right. then that's something you would want to avoid. So really taking the time to, to understand the game. Yeah. And for me, uh, a lot of my mentors were the people I listened to in audio books yeah. and such. So some people you listen to then. Uh, I mean, it was Robert Kiyosaki yeah. was, was very influential. Um, uh, was it uh, Keller, the guy who uh, founded uh, Keller Williams, gotcha, okay. a millionaire real estate investor? Gotcha. Uh, there's, uh, I mean, even the, the good old guy, you know, Donald Trump, I'm not yeah. a supporter or anything, yeah, yeah. but I mean, he has some great, you know, real estate um, acumen and so forth. Yeah. Any and, books you, you like? I mean, really, it, came to, it comes down to mindset, right? So before I started really diving too deep into real estate, it's really about getting your mind right yeah. and getting the ability to overcome obstacles and really train yourself um, into to thinking. So like uh, The Millionaire Next Door, gotcha. uh, tremendous one. Uh, one of my favorites is The Richest Man in Babylon, yep. uh, Think and Grow Rich, yep. you know, huge. And then, you know, um, 
Robert Kiyosaki's uh, book, you know, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Yeah. So if you know, if you read those books, and it really comes down to working on your mind, yeah. and then you can, you know, can achieve anything. It doesn't have to be real estate, but it's about setting that mind. And it's funny, Doug, and we won't bring it to a wrap, but I talk so much about mindset. And sometimes for people, they think it's fluff. I'm like, yo, this is the number one component to making everyone successful because right. when you went through that issue where you said you had a hundred grand tied up, you know what I mean? People quitting when they got five and 10 grand tied up. Yeah, like yeah. they're quitting. One bad thing has happened, they're quitting. They couldn't sleep in a garage for a year. They're quitting, so their mind was never made up enough on success. So I always right. tell people like, you gotta switch your mind to it. It has to work or it has to work yeah. and eliminate other options. Like. Yep. Real estate, it has to work for you. That's it. That's and I it. think once you schedule that in your mind, there's no way to go. So yeah. I heard you talk about mentors. Do you do any mentorship? Like, how do you yeah. have mentors? Like, yeah. what's the way you think somebody can learn from you if you do that? Yeah. So when it comes time to you know learn from me, you know I get a lot of messages on a daily basis, and I, I'm trying to help everyone. I try to put out as much content of information as possible, things that I actually use. Um, but one of the good things that I'm I'm seeing a lot of people are getting value from is a, a ride along session that I do, and it's a ridealongwithdoug.com, I believe. www.ridealongwithdoug. Dot com, okay. uh, where people can actually sign up and spend the day with me, and yeah. for like I think about ten hours, I just dive in deep on you know from from A to Z of how I do it in real estate yeah. and how I you know maximize the most out of you know buying properties. So let me ask you: if you was able to take this before you tied a hundred grand up, before you, where do you think you would be right now? Oh, if you man. could put yourself in your class. I'd probably be at a thousand units, five hundred thousand dollars a month. Wow. If I would have taken literally. this era, literally, wow. literally, literally. Yeah. And, and I'm an avid uh, investor in self-education and programs. Last year I did 26 grand in just conferences, mentorship. This year we're going to triple that because I don't want to make no mistakes. If right. I learn from you, the reason, the real, and I say this in my workshop, the reason why I got my event space because I called you, I'm like, yo, I, I got the ability to get this spot right now, but I'm not going to own it. Your exact words was, yo, it's better to have a bird in the hand than not one at all. If you can yeah. get the spot and not, yes, you won't own it, but you can start cash flowing, yeah, make it work. And I literally, yeah, yeah. And, I remember and, that call. And, and that's crazy, y'all. That was like four years <laughs> ago. And it's funny, I'm also trying to plug in the show notes our first call we did. Yeah. Um, but it's dope. Four years later, this dude is growing. Uh, rapidly, uh, businesses is growing, and just so many opportunities are coming to coming to him. So again, we couldn't uh, cover everything in this episode. We tried to go deep as possible, but I want to thank everybody for continuing to show up to our podcast. I hope you guys can get some value. Please follow this guy on Instagram at Doug Depp. We're going to plug it in the show notes, and he yeah. said, uh, check out his. Uh, mentorship right along with doug.com um and guys listen thank y'all so much for tuning in and uh let's keep growing remember the number one key to success is the amount of is the number one key to success is investing in yourself that started to change it all for me so again thank you for investing time and just tune into the podcast please like subscribe share and leave a review and we're gonna keep bringing you some fire episodes everybody have a good one peace yep. let's get it